0: if you were in a Pentecostal church you'd be like Amen! Yes! We're an Anglican church so okay most of you think probably you might have a gift or two now if I said to you those of you that were bold enough to put your hand up you know and I'm a vicar so you'd probably put your hand up because you felt obliged to Um, if I said okay right now name them would you be willing to do that? I'm not going to ask you to but would you be willing to? or would you be able to? some of you good another question put your hand up if you think you are a gift (laughs) yeah no I mean that's where our Britishness really comes through right there I mean that's not a trick question it's an interesting response I would say for whatever reasons most of you didn't put your hand up some of you did very bravely let me tell you you are a gift you are a gift Put your hands up if you think you're a gift. (laughs) So you're still reticent to do it. I know, it's because when the vicar's asking me, I better put my hand up. You are a gift. We struggle with this, but you are a gift. You're a gift to the world. You're a gift to me. And you're a gift from God. So this is actually really quite important. Gifts are really special. I've got three kids. I love my kids dearly. Um, And it's interesting there's a big fly in here oh God, I nearly got that one but I'm not sure how <laughs> oh that was close I scared him at least actually I'm glad I didn't hit him because that would have made quite a squish um, if you're listening on the tape that was a very big fly um, I wasn't hitting parishioners um, laughter It's a big deal. Gifts. I've got three kids. I love my, I love my kids and, and I love giving them gifts and of course they love receiving gifts. It's interesting, some of you will have heard of different love languages. Gifts is one of the love languages. If you don't know what that is, go and Google it later on. My daughter Ellie, one of her love, is she here or has she escaped? She might be out with the youth. She's out with the youth. Good, I can say this. She won't mind. One of her love languages gifts. She loves receiving gifts but more than that, she loves giving gifts. She thinks about the gifts for people's birthdays and presents and she talks about it and she plans it and she Googles it and she researches it and she, she puts a load of effort into gifts. And if, if, if when I receive a gift from her I go, oh yeah, cheers, I'll open that later. Her poor little face would be devastated because, she's, because she loves and because gifts are her love it needs to be honoured, rightly so. You are God's gift to the world. I know we laugh about it, you know, I'm God's, I'm God's gift to humanity. <laughs> I wouldn't suggest you go around saying that, okay? That's probably not helpful. And yet it's true. You are God's gift to humanity. You're God's gift to creation. You're God's gift to your family. You're God's gift to your street, to your neighbours, to your colleagues. You're God's gift to them. Tied up with a beautiful bow in a wonderful box. You're God's gift. And God has gifted you with gifts because he wants you to excel. The Bible says it's to the Father's glory that you bear much fruit. He wants you to not just be a kind of like gift. He wants you to be a ta-da! gift. Now, fortunately, you don't all have to be kind of crazy, loud gifts. You can be a beautiful, extravagant, exquisite, beautiful kind of white company gift that's beautiful and really expensive and delicate and flowery. Or you can be a kind of wacky, crazy gift like me, like B, like others in this room who are kind of like, wah-ha! But whatever type of gift you are, you're God's gift to the world and he offers you to the world. So what might, what might I be saying in this? Well, it's interesting. I love scripture, I love the Bible. You know, we want to be a word and spirit truth. I love a word and spirit church. I love the Holy Spirit. I love dwelling in this presence. We love to worship. But I love the word. We want to be a word and spirit church. And when we look at the word, sometimes it dazzles me with the way that God's put the Bible together. It's not just a bunch of kind of interesting writing. It's God's word. It's alive. And when we begin to tease it apart and look at it, there's layer upon layer upon layer of depth of meaning and revelation and understanding that sometimes I know, for me, I only just begin to pick at. But there's these three sections on gifts in the Bible and sometimes you'll hear a bit on 1 in Romans and sometimes you'll hear a bit on 1 Corinthians 12 and sometimes you'll hear a bit like last week on Ephesians. Do they relate to each other or they just say, well, yeah, they really do, I think. And I'm going to whiz through them why I think they do. Romans 12 that first list that we heard read beautifully by Katie. Just as each part, each of us has one body with many members, here we are, back to the body, and each of these members do not all have the same function, like I said, all different bits that do different things. So in Christ, we, though many, form one body and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts. Romans 12 here seems to say, You have got gifts right now from the moment you were born there were gifts inside of you like little seeds and they begin to develop and they begin to grow and maybe sometimes they get a bit warped and twisted by life but they're in you already. We have these gifts and they're different kind of gifts. Often they're called motivational gifts because they're kind of what makes you you and what fires you. It says here we have different gifts according to the grace given to us. Might be prophesying, might be uh, serving, it might be teaching, it might be encouraging, it might be encouragement, it might be giving. Now, of course, we, it might be leading. We have a whole mixture of gifts, and you'll be a mixture of these things. But some of them will really fire who you are. And it's what makes you different from everybody else. The example I often use is a silly example, but it, like those of you that are in home groups, imagine a scenario you're sitting around. Um, Tom's been leading this spectacular Bible study on Revelation. He's been explaining how when Jesus comes back, what it's going to look like and roughly when it's going to happen. It's mind-blowing. He's really in there. Now Peter, who's been working really hard, dozes off on the sofa. This happens quite a bit. And as he does so, he kicks over his coffee that's on the floor. Now instantly, everyone in in that life hub has a different reaction. You know, Victoria... Who's got a kind of real kind of heart of encouragement says, t- turns to Peter and goes, Oh, darling, it's all right, darling. It's very easy to happen. Don't worry about it. It, it could happen to anyone. He's been, work- you know, he's been working so hard. He's been working really hard. That's why. He's- encouragement, blessing. Tom, the leader, instantly leaps up and says, Right, um, I'd like you to go and get a cloth. If you could, um, don't rub it in because you'll rub it in. You need to just pad it very gently. <laughs> now, Beth absolute servant before he even started giving the kind of direction Beth out the door looking for a cloth she's looking for something to come and mop it up her first reaction is how can I make this better I want to sort this out I want to help I want to... she doesn't need direction she's just there serving and she's already mopping on the floor almost unseen it's already really happening the person with the prophetic gift in the group says do you know I knew that was going to happen as <laughs> soon as Peter put the coffee down on the floor I, could, I just knew I just, I just knew the teacher in the group. The teacher in the group will say, "Well, you see, what you shouldn't have done is put it down on the floor by your left foot because when you fall asleep and lean on the... Outside, oh, that's very naughty for teachers. Teachers don't all talk like that. <laughs> teachers see things very clearly, very black and white. They understand how things function, and how they go together, and they can see with the clarity. Well, this was, you know, ugh. we're all different. We all react in different. That's a stupid scenario, of course. But what I'm saying is, in different situations, we react in different ways because we're who we are, because how God has made us. We need teachers who give clarity and understanding and are able to discern and divine stuff really... and and explain it to others and kind of help the world see through the fog. We need gifts of encouragement who draw alongside people who are feeling full of shame and embarrassment. Well, Peter, I don't know whether you will (laughs) be... But, you know, we need people who can encourage and who build up. We need people who serve, whose first instinct is to serve unyieldingly, just with no desire for position. We need the prophets who are able to speak with wisdom and clarity and authority because they hear the voice of heaven and they speak with kind of revelation and discernment. And we need leaders who are able to hold and steer and kind of administrate things really well. And each of you will have been given grace with different temperaments. Is one more important than the other? No. Are the leaders more important than the servants? No. You are a gift from God to the world and you have gifts in you that are unique, that no one else has, in quite the same way. And God wants you to actually begin to know who you are in order that you can begin to operate in those gifts with a real sense of fullness. Yeah, this is who I am. I don't need to be like that person. I don't, I don't need to simply want to be like them because actually God has made me gifted. I need to explore my gifts and actually step into the fullness of who, who, who I am in Christ. They're described as gifts of God and they're gifts that we have. Grace from God giving us those sort of gifts, motivational that's the first list in Romans and the second list we have is in 1 Corinthians 12 interestingly these are described as gifts of the spirit and these are gifts that we're told not that we have but these are gifts that we're told to seek and not just as a good idea the Bible says eagerly desire spiritual gifts so we're told to actually run after these things to move and seek after these things to add them to who we are and you can perhaps describe them as manifestation gifts. They're gifts that kind of come out through the power of the Holy Spirit and that are seen. And we heard some of them. It may be tongues. It may be interpretation. It may be miraculous signs. Uh, it may be prophecy. It may be uh, interpretation of tongues. Words of knowledge, words of wisdom. What's the difference between words of knowledge and words of wisdom? Well, I kind of think of, of words of knowledge is, is, is thinking God's thoughts And words of words words of knowledge is sort of knowing what God knows, and words of wisdom is thinking how God thinks. So, word of wisdom, for example, you remember when Jesus is confronted, by um, he's about to go into the temple, and and the Jews come up to him and say, "Um, "Should we pay? Should we pay taxes to Caesar?" He was trying to trap Jesus, because if he said no, you shouldn't pay taxes to Caesar, then the Romans would say, right. The the Jews would say, "Come on, Romans, come and arrest this man. He's he's saying we shouldn't pay taxes to Caesar." but of course if he said yes you should pay taxes to Caesar then the Jews would say well he's just he's just going along with the Romans Jesus couldn't win whichever answer he gave would be wrong but in that moment there was this moment of divine wisdom from on high and what does he say he looks these Jewish leaders in the eye and says well show me a coin so they are a little bit perplexed and they get a coin and he says Who, whose face is that on that coin and they say it's Caesar's and so Jesus says well give to Caesar what's Caesar's and give to God what's God's and they go Oh, flip. <laughs> Dumbfounded. Heavenly wisdom that can break through and confound human wisdom. Beautiful moment. That's that's a word of wisdom, God's wisdom. And we can have that. You know, we're told to eagerly desire. Man, do I need wisdom? When you're in the workplace, perhaps you need God's wisdom in areas of some of you here deal with big finance. You need God's wisdom that sees beyond the human circumstances. Some of you involved in perhaps you're a governor at school or you're struggling in a, in a difficult situation in your family life, or in your marriage. Or you need God's wisdom. You need God's wisdom that can break through with such clarity and power. <laughs> that was the fly again in case you're wondering. I'm not just manifesting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get it in a minute. Words of knowledge. Well, words of knowledge is when you know what God knows in a moment of course God knows anything but it's like when Jesus meets the woman at the well and, and, he, and he says to her will you pour some water for me and she's dumbfounded because she's like you're a Jew I'm, I'm a Samaritan you know Samaritans don't Jews don't talk to Samaritans <clears throat> and then he says you know well go and call your husband she says I don't have a husband he says no that's right and you know you've, you've been married this number of times and the person you're living with right now isn't your husband and she's like how do you know all about me it's a word of knowledge Knowing what God knows. Now of course God knows, God knew that about this woman but in a moment sometimes we can have a divine moment of knowledge where you know something about someone not in an exposing way but in a way that God can set them free. So we're told to take who we are, Romans 12, the gift I am. Put your hands up if you're a gift. That's more than last time. (laughs) Yes. Take who you are, you're beautiful. You're beautiful, it's true. That was just an extra freebie. Have that for nothing. It's true. You're beautiful. Take who you are, but eagerly desire spiritual gifts. Hands up if you'd like a spiritual gift. (laughs) I'm trying to get you to, you know, do a workout tonight. For the tape, everybody put their hands up. (laughs) We're told to. So actually, if you're not, then what does that say about us spiritually? Because scripture says... It's a command. There's actually very few commands in Scripture in this sort of way. Eagerly desire. You must desire spiritual... Go after not Run after them. Don't think, well, I'm not sure about speaking in tongues. Sounds a bit weird to me. And miracles, well, you know. We've got the NHS, haven't we? A bit tired today. I don't know if I want to go and do some miracles. Oh, come on. The, God... the world is looking for a church full of power. And what do they see? They often see an institution. But Jesus intended the church to be a place of life. Not the building, but the people. We're called to be a people of power, people of resurrection hope, filled with the gifts of the Spirit. And I know some of this stuff is maybe new to some of you, but it's real. The gift of tongues is real. Let me encourage you, because a whole whole sermon on this When I was in London, many of you will have heard this story. When I was in London a few years ago, I was training in church planting and various other things, and we were with a load of international students. And one day I was in a room with a load of international students. There were about 12 people there. I was the only English person at that point in the room. And we were worshipping. I think I was playing guitar. We were worshipping and just having some time out. And I felt God said to me, Go and pray with this girl called Heli, who was on the other side of the room. "I I want you to go and pray with her. So I put my guitar down. She was from Sweden. And so I went up to her and said, "Helly, can I pray for you? And she said, yes, you can pray for me. You've seen the Muppet Show, the, the kind of Swedish chef? Hurdy, hurdy, put the chicken in the pot. She spoke uh, nothing like that. So I said to her, Heli, can I pray for you? And she said, yes, you can pray for me. So I put my hand on her to pray for her. Sometimes when the Holy Spirit comes, real things happen, and we shouldn't be surprised by that because the Holy Spirit has power. He's the power of God we don't seek manifestations and we seek seek the giver not those things but sometimes when the Holy Spirit comes there is power so I put my hand on to pray for her and as I put my hand on her shoulder I fell over which is not what I was expecting if I'm honest because usually you pray for someone and occasionally they might shake a bit occasionally they might laugh sometimes they fall over I hit the floor as soon as I put my hand on her to pray for her and I was lying on the floor thinking this isn't right what's going on and then in that moment Heli started praying for me and she prayed over my life things that I had never told anyone there were promises that I had made to God some years before and I hadn't told other people about them they were just kind of promises to God I'd kept them close to my heart and I'd prayed them and she prayed them back over my life and it was as though God was saying Tim I hear your prayers I heard your prayers those years ago and I'm echoing them back over your life it was really beautiful but what was really weird is she first of all prayed it in French this prayer perfect French then she stopped and then she said exactly the same prayer in Spanish. It was beautiful. I was dumbfounded, lying on the floor thinking, this is just getting really, really weird now. So after a few moments, I sat up and said, um, "Helly, do you know what you've just done? She said, no, tell me what I've done. She was a bit worried. I said, do you speak French and Spanish? She said, no. I said, well, when you pray, you do. See, what had happened was, I hit the floor and she panicked. And she didn't know what to do, so she just started praying in tongues. Now what was crazy is I was in a room full of internationals. There were people from Korea, uh, there were people from various parts of Asia, there were people from parts of Europe. But the only person who spoke Spanish and French in that room was me. I would learned them at degree, from from part of my degree. And in a beautiful, mind-bendingly, ridiculously crazy way, it was as though God was saying, Hey Tim, I can do anything. I can do anything. It shocked me to my core. So let's not have any nonsense about speaking in tongues just simply being hurdy-burdy-burdy-burdy-burdy. It can be languages. It says in Scripture about speaking in the, in, the, in the tongues of men and angels. And here was this girl from Finland speaking French and Spanish. I had mean, gone to do, university and studied these things for degree. I was gutted. She spoke it perfect accent, beautiful vocabulary. I was like, why did I spend four years at university? She just came out with this. It was incredible. So these things are real. The Holy Spirit is real. His gifts are real. They can transform our hearts and lives. That was a defining moment for me, pushing into the more of what God had for me. And that's not just for me. That's for every one of you. Take who you are. Hands up if you're a gift. Ooh, that was nearly everybody. (laughs) You are a gift. Take who you are. Eagerly desire spiritual gifts. Talk to other people in the church about them. Come and get prayer. That's why we have prayer every week. Sometimes people come forward and say, I'm just, I am need more of God's spirit right now. If you're hungry for the gift of prophecy, which is simply knowing the heart of God, we're told to eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially the gift of prophecy. Why? Because prophecy reveals the heart of the Father. It's a gift to the church. It's a gift to the world. Desire those gifts, the miraculous gifts. God wants you to be naturally supernatural, but for that to happen, we have to be filled with his power, filled with his gifts. So take who you are. Seek get the gifts of the Spirit. Pursue them. And you know what? We can move towards becoming ministry gifts to the world. To fulfil the purpose of you being a gift. See, you know, God doesn't want you to be this beautiful gift with a beautiful bow in a beautiful box, sitting there going, you know what? I'm a pretty nice gift. Check me out. I've got nice paper and everything. Check out my ribbon. Mmm. I'm a big gift let's not go there so you know whatever it is he doesn't want us just to be a gift for a gift's sake he wants you to be given away to the world that's what you're called to be a gift for and you know what's interesting we've got kind of gifts from God the Father that's who you are given by God to the world gifts of the spirit that we're told to desire and what's really interesting is Ephesians 4 it's the gifts of Jesus gifts of Christ why? given that, and these are gifts that you are can become, we're told gifts that you are, the gifts that you grow into gifts that you become ministry gifts in order that you're given back to the church and the world to build the body of Christ up so that those gifts are given to the world, so they can become the fullness of those gifts, so they can release other gifts into the world, so those gifts go into the world and the whole thing multiplies and multiplies and multiplies and explodes outwards, which is of course what happened when the early church was exploding and in some parts of the world still is now Asia, China Africa, South America, the church is exploding. Don't let the Daily Mail tell you that the church is in decline and dying. We might be struggling here in the West, but in Asia, in in South Africa, parts of Africa, parts of um, South America, the church is exploding at phenomenal rates, often under persecution, often hidden. But it's beautiful, because people are becoming the gifts and realising who they're called to be. They're experiencing the power of the Holy Spirit and they're growing into the gifts, ministry gifts of evangelists, prophets, prophets teachers, pastors, apostles, church planters that go out and explode into the world. And that's what you are called to be. Not to be a bum on a seat that comes to church occasionally and has a nice time. I hope you have a nice time a lot of the time. It's great to be together as family. But you're a gift for the world. You know, whether it's Beth and Ben starting this beautiful charity, working with children and doing music to kind of help bring people into, into the fullness, to get some self-esteem. Beautiful gift. Well, that's not a church thing, is it? Well, do you know what? Of course it is. It's kingdom. And it's beautiful. It's magnificent. Or Mark, working in the world of finance and dealing with people who've got, you know, more than 15 quid to invest and, and doing spectacular kind of investments. Well, that's, that's not kingdom. That's money. That's mammon, isn't it? No! He's a prophetic gift into the air of finance. Standing up for integrity, standing for truth, standing that God's kingdom comes in those areas, redemptive power, transformation. Whether you're a teacher, whether you're a plumber, whether you're a mum, you are called perhaps as a teacher in those workplaces, perhaps as a prophet. Louise in the NHS, speaking as a prophet, there as a leader. It's beautiful. Or in whatever area you may be called to be a pioneer. Do you know who you are? More importantly, do you know what God wants you to become? Because there's a sense of movement here. Start with who you are. Hands up if you're a gift. <laughs> I think that was 100%. Yes. You are a gift. Start with who you are. Eagerly desire spiritual gifts and become the person that God has called you to be. Standing magnificent, not in your own strength, not with a sense of kind of pride in your own self, but in who God has made you to be so that you can rejoice in that. And we want to celebrate with you and we want to fire you out like a cannon into the world and cheer you on your way to say, those of you who are prophets, go! Those of you who are teachers and pastors, go! Those of you who are evangelists, go! We want to run with you and run alongside you. Those of you who are called to to kind of church plant or to pioneer or to think about kingdom extravagant generosity and ministry in whatever sphere you are, we want to stand alongside you and say that is God's purpose for his church on earth in these days. That's what it means to be part of an apostolic community. And I want to pray for you. Amen. Why don't you stand with me? I'm going to invite the band to come up. (laughs) Lord, just reflecting as I close, sometimes as church we ask for volunteers, and that's a good thing. But I was just thinking. I guess in your kingdom, Lord, when we say yes to you, we're not looking for volunteers anymore, because in, mo- in that moment we've signed our life over to you, and so we're not asking for volunteers. We're just, you're just asking for everyone, all of us, and all of me. And I acknowledge, Lord, in my own life, sometimes I compartmentalise my life. I, I, I give you bits. I give you the sections that I'm happy to. I give you the bits that I'm willing to yield to you. But other parts I hold back on because I feel like they're not ready yet or not complete or not whole. Lord, at parts in my life, sometimes I've held back because of shame or I've held back parts of my history or because of my failures, I've held those to one side and said, well, you don't want those, God. I'll just give you the shiny bits. And at times, Lord, maybe I've held my finances back because I haven't trusted you enough. But right here, right now, in this moment, Lord, I want to give you everything again, recommit everything to you my future, my family, my finances my life, my breath my gifts, my weaknesses my successes, my failures Lord, I I put them all into your hands because I want my life to count for something because I'm only getting one and when I'm on my deathbed, Lord whether that's in five years or 55 years I don't want to have any regrets, Lord I don't want to look back and think I wish I'd given more Lord, I want to hear your words from heaven like you spoke over your son Jesus at his baptism where he said, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. And I thank you, Father, that your pleasure doesn't depend on our success or our performance but it does, in a way, depend on our willingness to say, well, here I am, Lord, use me, whatever you can. And so I yield my breath to you, Father. And I pray for us as church that we would do that to you Lord, we give you this building, you know, we've keep we given you this building, Lord. Do what you want with it. Turn it into a warehouse, sell it. We don't care, Lord. If you want to use it for your kingdom purpose here as a gateway into this city, then, Lord, we yield that to you. We're not interested in building a platform, Lord. We just want to build an altar of praise. And so, Father, those of us that are standing here, as much as we're able to, we want to yield our hearts to you again and say, Father, may we become gifts to the world gifts to our family gifts to our community gifts to this city and would you help us to become the gifts that you're calling us to be I thank you Lord that you're the Alpha and the Omega you you, you see the beginning from the end and where we see all our warts and all our failures you see the righteousness of Christ those of us who know you and you see the incredible possibilities you're the God who dreams dreams and has longing for our lives things that we can only begin to get glimpses of But I I pray, Lord, that you would raise our confidence in who we're called to be, that we would know what it is to not be paupers, but to be sons and daughters of the King with inheritance, with a right to boldly approach your throne of grace, to run after spiritual gifts, to say, Lord, I want to eagerly desire the gifts of prophecy, miracles. Lord, I don't just want a few, I want them all. Not because I want any fame for myself, but because I want your kingdom to come. And may that, Lord, be all of our prayers, Lord. And those who are scared or timid or fearful tonight, I thank you that you, you walk so gently and tenderly with us, Lord. And you don't drag us into your purpose, you woo us with your call of loving kindness. So, Father, lasso us with your love, warm us with your radiance, draw us with your grace and mercy, and transform us with your holiness that we become the men and women of God set apart for your purpose we thank you it's not about age or sex or ability but all are called and all are called and equipped to become the men and women that they're called to be at all ages that there's always a new dawn and a new start because your grace your favor is new your mercy every morning we yield our hearts to you we say yes to you jesus